Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome to another hour of Provocative Enlightenment. An hour we dedicate to the discovery of illumination. Indeed, we will go wherever our thoughts might take us during this next hour, all the while aware and questioning the nature of life, of being human, of logic and reason. For in this hour, we focus on the real philosophy behind the meaning of our values and existence and how we derive the assumptions we live by. It's an hour where we admit that our foregone conclusions could all be wrong and in that way truly open ourselves up to the possibility of a new kind of understanding that in some way, somehow, may indeed lead to that elusive state known as enlightenment. All right, now every week... I read a few of your letters as our way of paying homage to the importance you play in helping us to shape our show and make it even better in every way. Last week, our guest was Professor of Psychiatry, Dr. Ed Klein. We discussed his work with past life regression. Ernie wrote, quote, Where are all the new souls coming from? The world population has doubled in the past 40 years. I believe reincarnation is just a poetic expression of of what collective memory really is, end quote. Now, that's a thought to give some serious consideration to. What if there is a morphogenic field? Remember our guest from a few weeks ago, the renowned biologist Dr. Rupert Sheldrake? A repository of sorts, that is, a, a collective lifetime of everyone that has ever lived. And what if, as with Jung's collective consciousness... We, in an altered state such as that in a hypnotic regression, tap into this field. An interesting thought. Very provocative, Ernie. Thanks for sharing. Tracy wrote, love your radio show. Appreciate your free gifts. I'm using them myself and sharing them with others. Your books and services are truly helpful. Well, thank you for your feedback, Tracy. For those of you joining us for the first time, we have our own Pay It Forward program here. On my website, eldentaylor.com, that's E-L-D-O-N-T-A-Y-L-O-R.com, posted under Free Programs. You will find several MP3 files that are yours for the downloading. These are not samples. They're the real deal. This is the patented InterTalk technology that has been repeatedly proven effective in scientific double-blind studies. And many of the programs that you will find there have been our bestsellers in the past, like our Forgiving and Letting Go. You can also sign up to receive our free newsletter, and you will <clears throat> find some helpful excerpts from my books and articles, some video clips, and more. So be sure to check it out. Catherine wrote saying this, I have been listening to Eldon on Hay House Radio for a couple of months now and really enjoy what I have heard so far. So far? <laughs> All right. She continues, I was very impressed with the fact that he so graciously offers free MP3 downloads of some of his work. I look forward to testing them out and providing some feedback. Thank you for your insight, insightful work, and generosity. End quote. Well, thanks for your feedback, Catherine, and I truly hope that the so far never ends, albeit I know we can get controversial here at times. Okay, from the chat room, Mod Girl wrote, Eldon rocks in this way. He shares everything, it seems. Well, not quite, my girl, but thanks much for the comment. Dana wrote, I love your show. It's so different than the other Hay House shows, although I like them too. Lauren wrote, 
I enjoy listening to your Hay House radio show, Truly Enlightening. Suzanne wrote, I love, love, love you and your show on Hay House Radio, even the difficult stories about the past with animals, because I know who you have become now. Great guests, you are open and bringing a lot of enlightenment in a great provocative way to the conservative Hay House listeners. I hope you remain on Hay House after the trial period, and thank you for everything. The free audios are a great sampling for people as well. Great books and bringing the truth to the forefront is critical for our planet's growth, inner and outer. Thank you, Suzanne. If you like what we do, tell Hay House, and be sure to sign up for my newsletter so you'll always know where I am. Lenses wrote, and I hope I'm saying that correctly, I just finished reading What Does That Mean? I enjoyed this book so much that I plan to read your other books, too. Well, thank you, Lenses. Lisa wrote, I wanted to tell you that I absolutely love your show on Hay House. You, your work, and guests are absolutely fantastic. Wow. We'll try to live up to all of that, Lisa. And Elroy wrote, Why all this talk about evil? I heard people on Hay House teach that evil exists only in the eyes of the beholder. See no evil, hear no evil, think no evil, and there is no evil. Isn't good and bad just a matter of how we choose to perceive the world? Well, if you... uh, If you did not catch our last few shows, you probably are unaware of our discussions regarding the independent existence of evil. However, our guest, Lorna Byrne, and I took on the subject of evil just two weeks ago. The questions were, one, is evil a creation of the human mind, or is there an independent force behind it? And two, is evil real or just a perception prodded by minds that would perceive it? Now, there are teachers who argue for the latter, insisting that the only evil in the world is that generated by those who choose to find it. In other words, it's all a matter of what we expect to find in the world according to teachers of the silk. Further, there are those teachers who insist that there is no such thing as an absolute virtue, and that implies the absence of an absolute evil. Indeed, it was Neil Donald Walsh on this program who kicked this subject off when he argued in favor of cultural relativity, and therefore, if someone is raised to believe it is right to torture a woman or carry out a suicide bombing, then this person cannot be held accountable for what they believe is right. Okay. Now, I'm not sure what is meant by, in in scare quotes, held accountable. But I definitely disagreed with Walsh on this matter. I do believe there are absolute virtues. Honesty is honesty, and deception is deception. And when the deception is for personal gain at the expense of another, it is simply wrong. And very young children inherently recognize this. I would argue that in order to convince a child that it is right to kill innocent children in some society, they need to be literally brainwashed. So... If we had a Manchurian candidate of sorts carry out a heinous crime, we might sentence them to a mental institution rather than a prison, but they nevertheless would be held accountable. Now, I'm going to use this letter to segue to a charity I learned about only recently. Those of you who know my work know that we often donate my entire royalties from book promotions to Women for Women. Now, last week I learned of a story about an organization called women for Afghan women that provide safe houses for abused women. 
The story that caught my attention was about a young woman in her teens who was taken as a bride by a Taliban leader and made to live with the animals in a stable. When she failed to please this man, he cut her nose and ears off. Now, the piece I saw showed several women in one of the safe houses, and many had been sold into marriages at at ages as young as 12. Most often, these women escaped after being beaten and tortured. Many showed their scars, the results of burns and beatings. Okay, to me, this is evidence of evil. I really don't care what someone says about how these men were raised and what they believe. Hell, and please forgive my French, but many Germans believe the Holocaust was just and right. What these Afghan men, Taliban members, and others are doing is simply wrong. To ignore this injustice is to pass on our opportunity to use life's stage as our lesson board. What is it that you are supposed to do with information of this sort when you learn of it? Further, what if you have your head in the sand, pay no attention to world affairs, and therefore do not learn of it? In my view, you then lose the opportunity to go to the aid of another. For me, I am convinced that the highest thing one can do in this life is help another in need. Service is the magic wand that truly changes lives. Service builds real self-esteem, not the false pride and compensatory self-righteousness that usually arises as a result of ignoring the needs of others. Okay, that said, I would encourage all of you to check out womenforafghanwomen.org and consider helping out in whatever way you can. As for your letter, Elroy, thank you for the feedback and the opportunity to both answer you and share some of my thoughts with our listening audience. Okay, that's all the time we have for letters today, but I do want to thank all of you for your feedback, and I invite you to opine by leaving comments on my website, eldentaylor.com, or by joining me on Facebook. I do read your notes and letters, even if they don't get on the air, and they do help shape our show. Okay, let's go to today's subject. Channeling is a term that Ramtha gave to the act of willingly receiving an entity and allowing them to use one's body. I'm sure most of you know who Ramtha is, but if you missed our two-part show where Jay-Z Knight, the delightful lady that channels Ramtha, and I discussed the process and the message, then be sure to access it in the archives. Wikipedia takes a longer view of channeling and defines it as just another form of mediumship. According to Wikipedia, mediumship is described as a form of communication with spirits. It is a practice in religious beliefs, such as spiritualism, spiritism, voodoo, shambhala, umbanda, and more. Further, according to Wiki, quote, the scientific consensus is expressed by the National Science Foundation, considers the claimed ability of people to communicate with the dead and belief in ghosts and spirits to be pseudo-scientific beliefs, end quote. Tell us something we don't know, okay? Now, with that said, I know for a fact that several hard scientists have measured a number of factors, such as the electromagnetic fields surrounding Jay-Z Knight when she channels Ramtha, and science simply does not possess an explanation for the anomalies observed. I have personally known several channels, and some have have been very credible. Uh, But without hesitation, I can say that some of the information that comes through these channels goes beyond the normal. 
For instance, the leading researcher in the area of mediumship, Mike Tim, who will be joining us at some point in the future, shared a story with me of two sisters who at a very young age heard tapping on the wall of their room. They had just moved into a new home. Soon they began tapping back, and in time they worked out kind of a code for the tapping. It was made known to them through the code that the person doing the tapping had been murdered in the home and hidden behind the wall in their room. Authorities opened the wall, and guess what? They found a human skeleton. This is what I mean by goes beyond the pale of what we think of as normal, for that matter, explainable within our current scientific paradigm. Okay, our guest today is Hoska Harrison, and he has been channeling an entity known as Jonah for many, many years. I've had the pleasure of speaking with Hoska, and I know you will want to hear what he has to share. I consider him to be genuine. Jonah, the as revealed to Hoska, uh, has revealed an ancient Chinese healing system known as Tai Yi, and there is no shortage of testimonials about its healing power. Today, Life Energy Flow Tai Yi School of Healing is a part of the Jonah Life Institute. Recently, Jonah has covered a variety of germane subjects for our time. They include subliminal influences, the beast and the elite, and more. Indeed, according to Hoska, a major global subliminal campaign started in the autumn of 2009 and will substantially increase during the winter of 2010. We'll ask Hoska to provide us with some insight into sharpening our sixth sense so that we become uh, more able to resist this global subliminal influence. We'll talk about this some today, but we want your input as well. So we invite you to join us. All right, let's get to today's guest. Hoska Harrison is and has been for a quarter of a century a philosopher, mystic, teacher, medium, and founder of the Jonah Life Institute. Hoska's life as a land developer and contractor vanished after a near-death experience from being caught in a riptide off the shore of Hawaii. This experience propelled Hoska into a life as a medium and healer, traveling the earth teaching thousands about the power within each, the power to transform pain into joy, the power to know the continuum of life. His controversial teachings, and some have been controversial, have led to front-page articles in the print media and interviews on a number of TV newscans, newscasts, radio shows, and feature programs such as NBC's Today Show. It is my pleasure to have him join us today. Welcome to Provocative Enlightenment, Hoska Harrison. Hello, Eldon. Great to talk to you again. It's my pleasure, sir. To begin with, and for our audience, uh, you're in Greece, so if there's a little bit of a delay, those of you listening out there, that's why it is. But to begin with, Hoska, please provide a little background on how you became a channel. You know, years ago, and it's become quite a few years, back in 1981, I was a land developer uh, and a contractor building apartment buildings. Quite content with my life, at least I thought I was with the life I had back at that time. And I uh, had taken a journey down to Costa Rica and uh, looking for a place to invest my profits from my business in the hardwood forest and got quite ill uh, from being bit by insects, although they never quite found out what illness I had. 
and attempting to recover from that illness, I uh, it was recommended by my family doctor to go to Hawaii and relax. And uh, while I was there in Hawaii, I got caught in a riptide and was pulled under and went into a coma. And when I came out of the coma, I had total amnesia. The only thing I could remember from that experience uh, was leaving my body in the emergency room and, and watching them shoot these electrical currents through my body, thinking, boy, that must hurt. And going down a long tunnel backwards and ending up and standing in front of this uh, being in a white robe with golden hair braided in a circle on top of his head and uh, putting his hand up. He would not let me go beyond where he was, although there were people behind him. I was not able to uh, uh, connect with them. And the next thing I knew, I'm coming up out of my, uh, waking up out of my coma and uh, didn't know who anyone was. You know, I laying there on the bed, I open my eyes and I see these faces looking down on me and all kind of inquisitive, uh, you know, how are you doing? And of course, I didn't know who I was, who they were, uh, what I did. And this went on uh, for about six weeks, uh, the amnesia. And my uh, family doctor uh, found a uh, hypnotherapist in Seattle to um, assist in the, using hypnotherapy to uh, regain my memory. And as I was under hypnosis, this uh, cloud appeared in his office. It came through the door and uh, came over to my body, came into my body, and started uh, talking to him about psychology. And psychology... Uh, was the uh, furthest thing from my consciousness or my um, uh, galactic training. Um, and it kind of began from there. He, uh, uh, We stopped the, our relationship with doctor-patient and began to explore uh, what was occurring. And uh, the voice identified itself as Katessa and uh, went on to describe that there would be three of them speaking through me before one that would be described as a strong teacher uh, would come forth and begin uh, teaching. Uh, described uh, uh, many of the things that would be occurring in my life, that I would be uh, traveling around the world, that Jonah would be speaking to many different uh, cultures around the world, and uh, this has all come to pass. Actually, I'm in Greece right now getting ready to do what we called an intensive uh, in Athens uh, this coming weekend. Um, you know, that's taking a very long story that I describe in uh, much detail in my book, Tide of Change. Um, but, you know, it, it's it's... You can read the book, you can read the words in terms of what occurred, but when you live it, when you uh, experience it on a day-to-day level, that transformation that occurred, uh, the transformation from being a contractor, a land developer, to a medium. Now, particularly in uh, that particular point in my life, uh, I considered myself to be an atheist. I did not believe in anything beyond the physical. If you couldn't see it, you couldn't touch it, it didn't exist. So having amnesia actually assisted me in accepting what was occurring to me. I didn't know that I carried that belief at that time. So it has been a... What's that? Go ahead, sir. 
it you know it's it's been a transformation uh all life really is a transformation you don't just reach uh, one plateau you go to one plateau and then you go to the next and then the next and then the next it's continually searching uh, consciousness and understanding consciousness now all of this you tell in your book wonderful book by the way the tide of change but and and I suggest everybody out there take a look at this book. But for the record here, this this hypnotherapist is a prominent uh, psychologist, uh, and and your story he totally supports. This this cloud that entered the room could be seen. Yes, yes, right. he was interviewed about that. Um, oh, several years after that uh, occurred, uh, the uh, reporter doing the interview on me called him up and. Uh, Talked to him about it, and he also uh, uh, verified it. You know, it, it was it was like a cloud. It it was something that he had never experienced before. Something and very real. When he uh, shared that with me, you know, it was like, well, who's the patient and who's the doctor? You know, it was <laughs> uh, that that was the furthest thing from my uh, consciousness. Uh, now, you know, one of the things that did come out in, in the very beginning, he was uh, uh, told by Contessa that you need to uh, heal with your mother because she's going to be dying within a year. And that, uh, you know, he described her as uh, uh, fluctuating between blonde hair and gray hair. And, uh, of course, afterwards he said, well, yeah, she has gray hair, but she dies at blonde, but I'm not aware of any illness that she may have, but we haven't talked to each other for some time. And as it turned out, he uh, took that advice, and uh, he healed his relationship uh, with his mother, and uh, it was shortly less than a year that she did die. So he was, you know, very, very grateful for uh, that advanced information to be able to uh, uh, live in peace with his relationship with her. Uh, You know, it's uh, exploring consciousness, is absolutely fascinating to me. You know, there is so much depth uh, to consciousness and to healing. Uh, You know, everybody wants to heal something, for the most part. You know, I I can go to an audience and I can ask the audience, how many people want to heal? And virtually everybody will raise their hand, yeah, I want to heal. But then you can ask the question, okay, those of you that want to heal, how many are willing to do what it takes to heal? And you're going to have less people raise their hand. And then you can ask the question, okay, those of you that are willing to do something, this is what you need to do to heal it. How many now are willing to raise their hand? You know, and the number keeps getting less and less and less. Uh, healing doesn't just occur. Healing we want to get into that when we get back. But we've got a break coming up. And when, and when we get back, I'm going to put you on the hot seat before we go to the tie I'm going to ask you, from your your standpoint, whether or not evil exists. I, you oh, know, yeah. that, kind of the question of the day. But we have this I hard break. So you're, you're listening to Provocative Enlightenment. Uh, my guest today is Hoska Harrison. We're discussing his fascinating life as a channel of Jonah. Together with the teachings Jonah has revealed through Hoska, you can follow the links under Provocative Enlightenment on EllenTaylor.com to his books, website, and more. Be sure you check out his two books, The Tide of Change and The Teachings of Jonah. We'll be right back after these words from some of our friends. 
Have you talked to yourself lately? What does that inner voice say? Are you constantly hearing negative feedback? Ready for a change? Inner Talk, Eldon Taylor's patented subliminal technology, can do just that. Change your inner self-talk. Turn off the negative by replacing it with positive affirmations. Inner Talk has been researched at universities such as Stanford and by governments around the world and has been proven effective at priming your self-talk. Armed with a new positive outlook, you'll find everything becomes easier. From losing weight to stop smoking, giving presentations to riding horses, learn new things to being a powerful salesperson. Choose your title for change today. Visit www.innertalk.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-T-A-L-K.com. Innertalk.com. Every day, every moment, we face choices. Yet, how many of those choices are truly our own? Are you ready to step onto the path of discovery? Read Eldon Taylor's New York Times bestseller, Choices and Illusions, now revised, updated, and expanded. Eldon combines provocative information, scientific research, and his own life's journey into a powerful message that we have the power to change. All we must do is be willing to choose to take the chance and change. Get your copy today from all bookstores. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome back. All right, if you just joined us, my guest today uh, is Hoska Harrison, and we're discussing the transmissions of Jonah, who he's been channeling for many years. Uh, just before break, Hoska, I said I was going to put you in the hot seat. You yeah. heard my setup piece and the discussion about evil. What's your take? Is there evil in the world, or is everything just a matter of culturally relevant differences? No such thing as an authentic, universal virtue of any kind. Well, you know, I think it's very easy uh, in talking about evil to get caught up in semantics. Uh, but on the other hand, to say that a lot of this dark energy and what you were speaking about at the beginning of the program of the, uh, you know, the horrible abuse and torture that occurs with the uh, women in uh, Afghanistan, you know, uh, that's really dark, dark energy. Uh, but the word evil, you know, you got to look, okay, where did this word come from? What's it really mean? Now, is there that essence that is in this world? Yes. But you have to look at, at, at the consciousness here of, of the total aspect of this. Uh, one example here, look at the Old Testament. You know, the Old Testament talks of this God who uh, uh, teaches parents to kill their children if they're, uh, you know, if they're active uh, sexually, if, if they're doing this or doing this, uh, that the men were allowed to kill their wives or throw their wives away. Uh, you know, this comes from the uh, uh, Old Testament Bible that uh, many Christians uh, live by. So then you have to ask the question, okay, is humanity evil? Is a, is a, a segment of humanity evil? And where did it come from? Who taught them? Is this God evil? You know, you have to look at all of these levels. Now, if you took a parent today and did to their children 
uh, at least in a civilized country, did to their children uh, what was uh, allowed to be done in the Old Testament, uh, you would be locked up for child abuse. Uh, you would be uh, put on death row uh, in terms of what that particular God allowed. So, you know, wh- where does this come from? Where well, does... I guess my take, my take yeah. on it, Hoska, is, you know, we there are things that occur in the world that uh, are unjust, and you're clearly pointing some out that uh, are from the ancient biblical culture. Uh, and, and I do believe that it is our obligation as enlightened spiritual people to to something I guess Gandhi called just simply right action to to do what we can do to eliminate that to minimize oh, I, that to I agree I agree to in totality. Okay, so all right, well let's get on then. I, I I wanted your take on that. I appreciate your candor. I do respect your insight. Before we go into matters involving global subliminal influence, something I'm very interested in, I know our listeners want to know much more about this ancient Chinese healing system called Tai Yi. So you, can you tell us about it and what makes it so different from other healing methods? It's called Life Energy Flow Tai Yi, and uh, that's the name of uh, my school that uh, teaches it. It is probably one of the most uh, unique uh, hands-on healing modalities uh, available today uh, that is becoming available as I uh, continue to teach it. But what makes Tai Yi so unique is uh, virtually everyone is uh, familiar with uh, acupuncture. And they go to an acupuncturist and needles are uh, placed into the meridians the uh, meridians in the physical body. Well, what's unique about Tai Yi is, number one, you don't use needles, you use pressure with your fingers. But uh, Tai Yi teaches that there are meridians in all of the bodies, not just the physical body. Um, And not only does Tai Yi teach uh, uh, the seven uh, bodies that uh, Eastern uh, spiritual uh, disciplines teach, uh, Tai Yi teaches there are 12 bodies. And that... Uh, there is a uh, total of 20,737 meridians within all 12 of those bodies. Well, that means that you're able to use Tai Yi to heal uh, psychological issues. You're able to use Tai Yi to uh, heal depression. Uh, You're able to use Tai Yi to heal uh, past lifetimes, uh, energies that have uh, occurred in the past life. Uh, It's not limited to just a particular physical ailment that occurred, uh, but it it works on all levels uh, of the human psyche. Uh, It uh, works on healing many different patterns that have been set up in the mind. Uh, You can uh, work with someone that, say, was uh, abused as a child, and they've now shut down and they're not able to feel. They're not able to create a relate a healthy relationship with anyone. There are Tai Yi exercises that work at uh, creating that balance within the meridians of the emotional body. There are the meridians of the mental body or the etherical body, uh, depending on what exercise is used and, and what ailment is there. We've had many people uh, that have come for uh, uh, Tai Yi that 
have had many different uh, psychological ailments that have had uh, one, two, three, or four treatments, uh, sometimes just one treatment, and their whole life starts to turn around because they begin seeing something different. They begin seeing themselves. They begin feeling feelings they didn't even know they had uh, to be able to experience their life. So, go ahead. I was going to say there are a great number of of stories, testimonials. But in one of your recent newsletters, you tell a story of a woman that came to you for Tai Yi. You said you scanned her body with your hand, and correct me if I get something wrong here, and you knew she was in denial about needing, uh, about her illness. She needed to be ill, I believe, uh, for attention. And uh, she rejected that, got really upset. Her husband concurred with you. How often do you encounter illnesses that are of that nature? We're going to use them as some kind of adaptive mechanism to obtain attention. You know, it's what I was uh, speaking about earlier. You've got, um, I call it the 10% uh, uh, people that actually want to do what it takes to do uh, to heal. Tai does not heal you. I cannot heal anyone. Now, I can be an instrument in assisting someone in their healing, and Tai Yi can be an instrument in assisting someone in their healing. So I can work on someone and put the meridians back in alignment. Okay, they're beginning to feel wonderful, but they may make a choice. No, I'm going to go back to this old pattern, or no, I don't want to work on this particular issue. Well, their meridians are going to go right back to the way they were. Their condition is uh, simply going to return. Now, this lady that I spoke about in my newsletter used that pain uh, to be taken care of because she did not want to take care of herself because of many issues in her own uh, childhood. So I could not help her. Now, I've you know also uh, spoken in my newsletters of... Uh, 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 a boy that came to me where his father uh, brought him, and he had a uh, tumor uh, in his stomach location about the size of a grapefruit. Now, his father was a medical doctor. And, uh, you know, the father uh, brings him and, and says, Now, one thing you have to do, you have to promise not to tell anyone I brought my son to you. And I said, <laughs> Fine, you know. Uh, so I worked on his son. Now, his son didn't have an ego problem. His son didn't have a problem of what are people going to think. His son, who was about eight, uh, nine years old, simply wanted the pain to go away. And I worked on him, and I got a call the next day from his father, and the tumor shrunk from the size of a grapefruit to the size of a pea. But then again, he, you know, reminded me, now remember, you can't tell anybody this. Uh, And I never have. I've never uh, released uh, his name, but... Uh, there have been many different healing demonstrations. I uh, speak about these in my uh, book, Tide of Change. But I'm also, uh, you know, going to state I cannot heal anyone. Right. All I can do is be an instrument in someone's healing. Tai Yi. We have, we have a lot of questions backing up on us here and, and from the chat room and, and callers on the line. Uh, one of the questions out of the chat room, very relevant, is can you do Tai Yi long distance? I have uh, taught this uh, to where Tai Yi can be done uh, uh, long distance, yes. 
Um, so if now, someone part of the, called in, would you be able to do it with a caller? No, it, it's it's not that type of uh, long distance. It's You would set up a time, uh, and then you uh, visualize that person who needs to be in a relaxed state, and uh, you uh, do tai on them in, in terms of the the exercise. But again... I do not strongly recommend that. I have taught that to some of my students. Uh, some of the students have done it quite successfully uh, for people that just could not uh, come for an appointment for whatever uh, uh, reason, and there has been quite a bit of success with it. Uh, but there's also an element that needs to be taken into consideration here that uh, there is also a level of counseling that needs to go on with Taiyi. Uh, you know, the person needs to understand, okay, these meridians are out of balance and this is why. This uh, occurred about this time in your life and this is where you began shutting down and this is how you begin opening up. You know, they need to understand that full level of healing to experience a full level of healing. So the best way for them to do that is is to attend one of your workshops? Uh, no, I don't do it in workshops. At my school, I teach students. I have 60 students uh, in my school. Uh-huh. Uh, 20 of those students are in the advanced uh, class of Tai. Now, I also have, uh, in the spiritual discipline of Tai, uh, one has what's called a primary student. And that primary student for me is one by the name of Joseph Arminio, uh, who's 20 years old. And I teach him an average of uh, a little over 20,000, excuse me, 2,000 hours a year, uh, who will eventually begin taking over the school and and teaching Taiyi. But I have uh, other advanced students. I have students here in Greece um, that have their own practice and are uh, doing Taiyi. Uh, so my students set up their own practice, and ones uh, may go to them. They can go to my website, uh, Jonah Life Institute, and uh, go to the uh, Taiyi page, and I have a list of students there and who are the advanced students. And now they can do that. All right, let's take a phone call. On line two, we have a very patient, Karina, from Santa Rosa, California. And she has a question for you, Hoska, about her son. Karina, you're on the air with Hoska Harrison. Oh, hello. Thank you for taking my call. Um, Love to. My, my question is I have a 10-year-old son, and um, I'm kind of struggling with him. He has ADHD and he's dyslexic, so we have a couple things going on. But if you could give me any advice that I could do with him so that he basically reaches his fullest potential and grows up to be a happy, healthy person. Okay, what does he have now? What has he been diagnosed with? Um, He has ADHD and dyslexia, Mm. so he struggled a lot with school and and reading, and now it's kind of snowballed into uh, math and um, self-esteem issues. Yeah, I've worked with many children. Uh, on this issue and uh, many uh, adolescents on this issue. And I disagree with probably 98% of the diagnosis of these children. 
Right. And the the reason is, uh, I, I've worked, again, as I said, with many teenagers, and I'll take a teenager and I'll uh, uh, speak with them and I'll watch them and uh, I'll interact with them, and they're very focused. Yeah. They may be an incredible artist, or they can uh, really focus on this, or they may be involved in a video game, which I don't uh, strongly recommend, but they can really focus on that video game. And so I'm saying, well, if they have the ability to focus on that, that's not the issue. They do know how to focus. Yeah, uh, they I do agree. not have attention deficit uh, disorder. They have another deficit disorder, which is usually an emotional deficit disorder, uh, or they are being undereducated. Right. Undereducated uh, meaning... Uh, whatever educational system they're in, they are so far beyond that that they're very uh, bored with it. Uh, you know, there's many different things you can look at here, but there is, yes, Taiyi, that does work with uh, uh, the syndrome that does go on when it, when it truly is that uh, issue. Okay. But I would, uh, I would question, be willing Karina? to say... I would be willing to say that your son does not have that. Right. Yeah, I, I, it's been a, it's been confusing. They say he's hyper focused, and they say he can't focus, and he drops his pencil too much in the classroom. He's fidgety. It's, it's just I, I don't know really what they want. Well, they want I, me to put him on Ritalin. Is what they want, but I, I know, and. Uh... You know, when I've worked with these teenagers that have been in uh, uh, different group home uh, uh, situations or uh, uh, different uh, environments where they can be worked with, one of the first things I want to do is try to get them off those drugs. Yeah, it's terrible. We haven't done that yet because I just can't see putting him on uh, on methamphetamines. I just can't see it. Exactly. Um, uh, you know, you're going to compound the... Uh, the problem, you you put a child on those drugs, it's going to begin shutting down the meridians, the right. emotional meridians, the mental meridians, and then when that child reaches uh, mid-adolescence or older, you have taught that child to become a drug addict. That's Many of these childs turn to these uh, drugs later on because right. that's what they were taught. Yes, well, I, I, my, I would like him to learn how to cope with the world the way he is, not drugs, you know. I... Go, well, thank you so much. Go to the educational part of it. Okay. That has to change. Karina. Whoever is attempting to educate your child, that has to change. Okay. Karina, before you get off the air, uh, I'm going to ask right now Rocky, our producer, to get your details, mailing details. This is an area where I have had some direct involvement. We've run some double-blind studies and we have a program that is for ADHD or that diagnosis that has been demonstrated effective in a good double-blind study. Uh, and if you leave your details with Rocky, I'll just see that we send you a copy of it at no cost to you. Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate My it. My pleasure. Thank you. Okay, Oscar, are you there? Oh, we lost Oscar Harrison for a moment. Well... <clears throat> I'll wait for a second for Oscar to get back. We have some questions coming out of the chat room for Oscar that have to do with the kind of treatment, uh, what, what you might expect if you were to uh, 
go see him, just exactly what it is he does. And I guess from reading his newsletter, uh, I gather that the first thing he does is scan you. And it seems that he scans you with his hand. He passes the hand over parts of the body, and that's uh, that's uh, the very first step. But if we get him back here, we'll, we'll ask him. Back to this uh, issue of evil, Ravinder, what did you think of that? I, you know, we do have a definite request from the chat room to have an entire show on evil. Well, we have that You planned. bring up that subject and everyone goes crazy. I think it does affect all of us. You know, you have the argument that evil doesn't exist. It's a figment. It's what you create. So, therefore, if you think positive, then you can think evil away. I don't buy that. Uh, you know, the bottom line, I guess, to me, and I think it's a very interesting subject, is we have a lot of politically incorrect things today, so, you know, we shouldn't be maybe talking about politics. Well, no, no, wait a minute. How can you live in a world, in a free nation, and have politics taboo? You know, we shouldn't be talking about religious beliefs. No, 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 wait, wait, wait a minute. How am I ever going to get to some state of enlightenment if if I keep turning all of these issues off, if I just refuse to look at them, to discuss them openly, uh, to try and find some some place of enlightenment, some way to see them, a, if you will, a spiritual solution to these problems, I don't know how you can... You can get on in your life and think that you are growing anything but more and more asleep. I, I, it may feel good. You know, I'm not saying and there's a lot of, you know, there's plenty of time to feel good. You know, we all take aspirin or bufferin or something because we have a pain and we want to feel good. So it's okay to feel good. But there's also a time for us to just be alert and awake. That's my thinking. Have we got you back on the air, Hoska? Yes, I'm back on the air. All right. Well, I, I, you forced me to do this two shoe at the time that we got lost. But one of the questions out of our chat room said, if they were to come to you for treatment, what is it that they would expect? What, what would you do? I would uh, ask them, what do you want? You know, what do you want to achieve? What do you want to heal? But I would also look at their energy field. I would look at their meridians. I would uh, scan their body to see what is connected, what is not connected, what needs to be uh, connected. I would create a then a what I call a grid on the body. And a grid can be anywhere from a few points to uh, uh, 40, 50, 60 points on the body. The grid that is placed on the body is what determines where the energy is going to go, what meridians the energy are going to go into, and how that healing is going to occur. Uh, what they would expect afterwards is feeling uh, very different. They're going to start feeling feelings they didn't even know they had. They're going to start uh, feeling an, an essence of life that they uh, perhaps forgot or haven't even experienced in this lifetime. So it's a very powerful uh, treatment. Uh, it takes anywhere from uh, 45 minutes to uh, an hour and a half uh, for a particular treatment. But I also teach uh, very strongly in my school that in doing hands-on energy, you must learn to send universal energy. Uh, you know, some people uh, get into the habit or are not clear on that, and they end up sending their own energy into someone, 
and that compounds the problem. You know, if, if you're going to uh, someone that's uh, going to do energy work on you, you want to know, well, is this universal energy they're sending in to me, or are they sending their own consciousness, their own anger, their own fear, their own depression? Uh, you know, and one of the ways to search that, do you feel worse afterwards? Do you feel depressed? Do you feel angry? Um, so I, I teach very strongly on, uh, to all of my students in the school how to send universal energy so that you are not absorbing the consciousness of the one working on you. All right, Oscar, we're out of time. You've got 30 seconds. Tell everybody how to get to you, sir. You can go to my website, www.jonalifeinstitute.com. Uh, at this time, we're uh, getting ready to do an intensive March 20th and 21st in Athens. We're going to be doing the intensive, which is on my website, Transcending the Shadow of Human Experience, on May 21st, 22nd, 23rd in Denver, Colorado. Okay, that's all the time we have. I'm sorry, Hoska. (laughs) Okay. All right, thank you for being here. I thank everybody for listening in today. Um, We hope to see you next week when my guest is Sir David R. Hawkins, M.D., Ph.D., the internationally renowned psychiatrist, physician, researcher. Until then, above all else, to thine own self be true.